<laughs> starting or what? Yeah, I thought you were starting. Oh, you want me to start? Oh, no, yeah, okay, yeah. All right, wait, I'll start again. I've seen children drink their own piss. Uh, yeah, that's a good way to start the episode of If This Meets That. That is a direct quote from the movie we watched this, this fine week. Oh, yep. man. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Russ, and I'm, as always, joined by my, not co-host, my other host. Thank you. Jared. <laughs> yeah, I was torn between, I've seen my children, seen children drink their own piss, and you won't get far, no one ever does. Because that's how I felt watching the movie. Like I wasn't actually, I think I'm not going to succeed in life now because of seeing this movie. <laughs> and I had kind of a different reaction, but this, I can't wait for us to talk about this, but okay. Yeah. I'll buy that. Uh, yeah. So what, what the hell do we watch? <laughs> uh, yeah. Unfortunately we watched the humanity bureau starring Nick Cage and I, I'll take the blame for this one. Cause it's on the, I mean, it's on the list, but yeah. You know, it's, yeah, what a gem. So uh, IMDb says it's a dystopian thriller set in the year 2030 that sees the world in a permanent state of economic recession and facing serious environmental problems as a result of global warming. So 10 years from now, 10 years from now, 10 years from now, before we even get into anything, (laughs) uh, most, I feel like a lot of my notes uh, include when the hell is this? Like, I had no clue of the timing for this uh, throughout the entire movie. I could have just read the description. This is, reading this live on the podcast right now is the first time I realized it was 2030. Okay. So you have some notes to fix, but yeah, it's only 10 years from now. It's literally well, 10. I'm not fixing that. I stand by it. They should, if they're expecting you to know it's 2030, they should tell you, tell you or show you it's 2030. Well, well, we'll get, well, the opening line though, don't they say, you? Don't, doesn't it say like in the not, in the near distant Near distant, near distant future. Is that what they say? No, it just says in the near future. Oh, in the near future, right? That could be anyone, like anyone. Oh, you like how I did that? Near future. That's ten years from now. So yeah. All right. <laughs> You're giving Rob King too much credit. <laughs> I'm assuming he's in charge of the timing of the movie. <laughs> it, yes, probably. Um, all right. So yeah, the Humanity Bureau. Uh, some of the quick info about it. We got uh, directed by Rob King. Not much else really to call out. He's done stuff, which is great. Good for him. Um, it's written by Dave, Dave Schultz. Same thing. I don't know. He's done a lot of TV shows, stuff like that. Or Rob King directed a lot of episodes for TV shows. I think most of this is like all Canadian like crew and cast and stuff like that pretty much other than Nick Cage. And I think that's it. Seemed like it. And I feel like they were filming in Canada too. <laughs> oh yeah, they definitely were. It was like, I think it was Nevada and Canada. That was it. Yeah. I think they definitely, they changed uh, Montana. It was definitely in Canada. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Um, and actors, wasn't a big actor listening to this. We had Nick Cage, of course. Uh, and then outside of that, okay, a handful of folks that I don't think us down in the States would know, but I don't know if they're sure if they're known in Canada either. They're not. Uh, they're not. <laughs> uh, Sarah Lynn, Jacob Davies, and Hugh Dillon were like the other you know, top cast, I would say. Yeah, not a big actor list, but also not a big named character list. Like, if you go look on IMDb, there's like seven characters with names, and then the rest of them are like spiky hair. Yeah. Uh, gas jockey. <laughs> it's actually one of my dreams to be one of those characters, to be someone who's like desk clerk number two. Yeah. Ga- I mean, gas jockey is actually a sweet title. That is a pretty great title. <laughs> gas slinger. Um, so, what's up? I, well, I was just going to say, I can't believe that they only spent $4 million on this movie. 
uh, it seemed like a big budget production. Like I assume they spent four million dollars on Nick Cage. <laughs> is he is he is he calling for that much money these days? I mean, he's doing a lot of heavy lifting in this movie. <laughs> like nobody else in this movie is doing anything. <laughs> I don't know. Um, didn't do all that well in the theaters as you might expect. It was released in the theaters internationally. Yeah, I think it was only uh, released in the United Arab Emirates. Emirates, whatever it is. You say Emirates? Don't edit that out. Uh, yeah, I'll cut that out. Do no, pronounce? don't don't edit that. Well, I'm definitely editing that out. How you pronounce it? Emirates. It's... Emirates. There we go. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, so that makes sense. Okay. I mean, I figured it would be at least released in Canada. <laughs> and nope. No, I think it was straight to DVD and then to the M. Em- I can't say that word. Emirates. The Emirates. United, United Arab Emirates. <laughs> I have, I hit like a few words in, in, you know, that I just can't pronounce. That's one of them. You can just say UAE too. People, people know what that is. Ooh, okay. Hold on. Let me just say it and then I can edit it to what I said before. U- Damn UAE. <laughs> um, yeah, so it made a big just about 60,000 worldwide. Yeah, not bad. I guess on a 4 million budget, you you hate to see it. You hate to see it. 26,000 in DVD sales, 34,000 in Blu-ray sales. Like who's buying? So far. So far. This is an investment. Oh God. <laughs> uh, and in like our tracking, like again, I don't know. Do we think this is like a laundering uh, movie? I don't know. There's like 30 some odd producers in this one. Yes. That's the... That's the in case this is the first time you're listening to It's This Meets That, uh, listeners, uh, Russ and I, we like to say that we're just talking about bad movies, but we're also uncovering this uh, like crazy international money laundering scheme that is bad movies. So uh, yeah. stay tuned for how that turns out. This might turn into like a like a audio drama later uh, when we're investigating something and maybe Russ gets murdered. I don't know. We'll figure it all out. Most likely. I'll probably get murdered because I can't say the word Emirates. Yeah, Emirates. Emirates? That sounds like like an Illuminati there. Emirates. Exactly. (laughs) 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 Cheers. All right. So, yeah, here we are. We're, yeah, UAE. Okay. Um, What's your pitch for this, this, uh, this? Decided to go full Nick Cage. Uh, in tribute to Nick Cage not going full Nick Cage. In this Just going to say that. Yep. Yeah. Had to have it somewhere. Um, so I went, I think this is like leaving Las Vegas meets the family man. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, I think that, I think you nailed it. You kind of stole everything. Like it takes the thunder out of mine. Like I, I couldn't, I came up with good movies, but I had to say like, if you went with a bad version of Logan meets a bad version of Elysium, that's that's not good. Like, you know, I mean, Elysium is the bad version of Elysium. So I think that's, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I think no that's love. fine. No, no love for Matt Damon there. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, ah, perfect. Yeah. Nick Cage all the way. Love him. Color out of space. Quick plug for Nick Cage. Go see the color out of space. It's a real treat. If you want to see him go full Nick Cage. <laughs> oh, that's the, uh, um, HP Lovecraft one. Yeah. Yeah. Have you still not seen it? No, I haven't. I know you told me like like a month ago to see it. Oh, it's so good. Oh, right. if you that. if you can rent a theater and make them play it, <laughs> super worth it. I don't know if that's possible. Can we? Uh, I don't know. I heard about. I have a friend that did that down in Texas. So, 
Well, of course, yeah, down in Texas, that makes sense. Uh, all right, we're just crew moving along here. Let's jump right into the fast facts. Fast facts. Sure. Yeah, this had a couple of big surprises. Some good surprises. Um, we only have a couple here, but the, the first one's a big one, right? So the actor Hugh Dillon, who plays the villain, whatever. Spoilers, by the way, from this point forward. <laughs> this isn't really a spoiler. Plays a villain in the movie. Is uh, in a band called the Headstones. Uh, he's also in like a solo project, whatever. But they wrote the song that plays over the credits. Bum the yes. map. Solid, uh, solid band name, first of all. Second of all, yeah. uh, listeners, go look up the Headstones because they like, so spoilers also, they're Canadian like everyone else in this movie. Yeah. And uh, they look like older Nickelback. If you look at like Nickelback posters from like 2000, they're probably like the same age. If you look at Nickelback posters from 2000 and then go look at the Headstones like main pictures, they, it looks just like that. Yeah, all their band photo shots are very, I don't know, like if I were, if I, they, it doesn't fit the music that they play. Yeah, it's like very Velvet Underground. <laughs> they look like, like they should be more rock and roll and like metally, but they're like just. Yes. Not. Or new metal. I, w- I could think new metal too. Yeah. Who did you, who'd you compare? Oh, would you say Lou Reed? Yeah, I said those like very like Lou Reed kind of vocals. It doesn't fit how they look at all. <laughs> Is he the front? Is he the front man? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> that's what i want that's him with hair right there oh my god okay so can't see it but i'm showing photos here yeah like yeah at nickelback's popularity he looked way different than nickelback <laughs> he just looks like he reminds me of nickelback now <laughs> whoa flipping the bird there wow this guy's badass okay aggro with the public enemy shirt okay anyways so that's the first fast facts. Um, second one's more of like, I don't know, a nod, I guess, to Chinatown. It sounds like, I don't know if they meant this on purpose, but the name of Nick Cage's character is Noah Cross. John Huston's character in Chinatown, same name, spelt, last I'm name is spelled differently. Big Chinatown fan. Right? Yeah, it's a great movie. It's classic. Uh, and both movies were about water or the lack thereof. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you should have gone with like a water one for your Hollywood pitch there. <laughs> yeah. Water so, like... Very important, and then all of a sudden, not important at all for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. It's mentioned quite a few times, and how how clean it isn't. Yeah, it's the core plot point, and then it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it like doesn't come back at all later. <laughs> um, we got two more. So the other one, uh, it was driving me nuts. I was watching movies. I was telling Jared, and I was watching the movie, and like, so there's it's obviously set it's set in the near future, twenty thirty to be exact. Apparently, of course, everyone's got these these you know high tech phones that show holograms below whatever, right? And every time they opened up the phone, there was a sound sound effect that played with it, and it was driving me nuts because I kept hearing. It. I was like, "Man, I know that sound. It sounds so it sounds so familiar." Did a little digging, and the sound effect is is the uh, when you uh, it's the same sound effect in in the Halo games for when you collect a cloak power up. Yeah, I didn't know you were a big Halo boy. I, I mean, I was. Because um, you're a PlayStation guy now. I am. I mean, I was an Xbox guy. Times, they change, you know? Well, you know, PlayStation's just better. That's all. Oof. Shout out to Xbox people. Shout out to, <laughs> yes, everyone. Come on. <laughs> uh, that was, that's for Brady. <laughs> uh, I'll give you the last fast fact because you're all over this one. 
Yeah, so I figured there had to be more fast fa- like anytime Nick Cage is involved, like there's got to be something weird, in my opinion. Yes. And you just have to do a little a little digging for it. So it's there. Uh, getting to our money laundering scam, I feel like you know we're basically investigative journalists, and I discovered that, <laughs> uh, that this this movie had a VR experience <laughs> somehow on Oculus. Which could explain uh, why there's extra producers on on it. I bet. I bet people who are from VR Oculus are probably like, yeah, we're you know we're also producers on the film. I bet that's why there's extra producers. Oh yeah, they're probably like, oh, this seems like a good investment. We'll definitely make the money back. Right. <laughs> wah, wah. Right next to what was it? Speed kills. Yeah, let's have a VR experience for that too. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> so yeah, the uh, I think the description for the VR experience really sells it. So I, I wanted I just wanted to read it quick. Yeah. Uh, you'll be teleported and immersed into the exclusive The Humanity Bureau VR Movie Lounge to enjoy a rich selection of content. I copied and pasted this, uh, so any typos here are not mine. Uh, the Movie Lounge to enjoy rich selection of content. Yeah, that's weird. The Humanity Bureau VR cinematic experience in seven episodes, bonus material from behind the scenes and making of, the feature film trailers, standard 2D and three screen formats. I don't know what three screen formats is. I don't know either. I'm familiar with standard 2D. Yep. Feature uh, films. I'm stand, you know, familiar with that. Sure, sure. Trailers uh, and all that. Either way, it sounds not worth it at all. <laughs> it's free. So, I mean, if you have a VR Oculus and you're really bored and you just want to melt your brain out. No, still not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I don't want bonus content from this movie. I don't want seven extra episodes. What do you think it's of? Now I'm trying to think through the movie. I'm like, what would be the VR experience? Of it? Would it just be like Speed Kills? Remember, it's just like shots of like uh, Nick Cage. Uh, John Travolta. Thank you. Jesus Christ. Uh, Travolta just walking in a barn. Yeah. No, my, my guess is that it's probably all like uh, walking through a warehouse of boxes of children's bones and picking up their teeth. Okay. I'm assu- spoilers for later in the movie. I'm assuming that's what the VR experience is. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. Great. <laughs> Not of the show. There's still more. There's still more terribleness. <laughs> and have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Okay. All right. So we'll give the warning now. Spoilers. If you're really concerned about spoilers for the humanity now. Start now. Yep. All right. So uh, we'll we'll go through this like we usually do, right? Let's just tear this thing up. Yeah, I didn't have any big gripes with the credit scenes this time, like the the studio credits at the beginning. I feel like they were regular. You're for usually, the first, and you're usually on point with those. You like to call out like yeah, first time in a while. These are normal. I think it's people are like, oh, Nick Cage. This is a four million dollar movie. Let's <laughs> let's dive in. Yeah, they literally bought an El Camino, strapped uh, the Humanity Bureau on the side of it, and then drove to fucking Canada. It's pretty much this entire movie. <laughs> uh, I wish um, <laughs> they ditched the El Camino too early. <laughs> all right, so the movie opens with like shot of clouds, whatever, and then we get like a you know a little title card with like explaining the current state of the world. World, Ugh. right? You want enough exposition at the beginning of a movie so that yeah, so that it makes right. so, some sense to you, right? To give you a little exposition. And so you read this, and I, I remember re- I was reading it, it's like, you know, in the near future, dot, dot, dot. And then it goes on to explain the whole world collapse. Yeah, well, um, so 
related to that like the way they they like kept going into things and i was like wait that's just this year like that's like happening right now i mean this was came out in 2017 but i was like this sounds like right now (laughs) (laughs) like like, oh economic disaster and drought and climate change i was like now "Mm." like now how prescient (laughs) (laughs) how how uh how timely of content you've written here um, but the only thing I like, whatever, okay, that's fine. You have like the, that, that opening little, you know, title cards is set this, you know, the state of the world. But the only problem I had with it was when I was reading it, it was like really poorly written. Yeah. Like terribly written. Yeah. Like, like, like just switch. have someone who knows grammar read. <laughs> yes. It's like switching tenses constantly. Like they're like in the near future. And then they're like, and it, the agency was known as the humanity bureau. And I was like, wait, are we, are we in the present? Is this the past? <laughs> Where are we starting in the future? What's happening here? Um, so there's a little of a weird start, but okay, sure. We even know the world's uh, chaos. Cool, whatever. We're living in right now in 2020. So uh, then it kicks off with uh, Nick Cage's character, Noah Cross. Yeah, so I think we, I think we should do a little bit of world building. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to get into. I was going to say... He because it starts with him like just driving his El Camino right through the desert, which is Nevada. He's in Nevada. Yep. Okay, so the idea is that you're in this barren land, but it's fucking Nevada. So I mean, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> I mean world world building for the movie because it, like it, it's not clear. It wasn't clear to me until just now. Like all of a sudden, it came to me. Yeah. What the what this movie is, and I feel like it won't be clear to anyone else if we. <laughs> we don't, so like oh. my so my thought is. Uh, it's all finally coming together about uh, what two hours after i finished yeah okay Um, light bulb all right that's fine do it yeah there's the big city where all like the people who can afford it live yep Yep. uh and it's walled in and then outside of that is kind of like the badlands in lion king yep the wasteland uh, where there's just like random people scattered across everywhere yep uh and there because my first thought so in like the beginning here where you were going is like they're talking about you get deported to somewhere and i was like wait deported out of where to where like to old america and they're like no 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 not like they're the people that they're deporting already live in the badlands that's what i didn't get i was like those people are already like out on their own like who cares what they're doing yeah the whole walden city thing they explained in the little write-up in the beginning didn't they yeah, but like I was like, great, they're living their walled in city. Why do they care what the people outside of the walls are doing? <laughs> Fair point. Like that was I think that was something that made no sense to me. I was just like, what's the point of this? <laughs> like, why are we deporting these people to somewhere else? The New Eden, if you will, which is clearly an ominous name for something that's supposedly good, but clearly is right, right. Obviously, like, yeah, hey, paradise. Not really. <laughs> yeah, because well, I mean, that gets revealed later, which we'll get to. Right. Why they're getting deported. Yeah. So sorry. So we're driving through the desert. Okay. So Nick Cage, Noah Cross, driving through the desert in his sweet ass El Camino, by the way. Like bring oh, so jealous. Back. I have always I think you and I I think we've had this conversation before. It's the perfect car. Half truck, half car. Yeah. It's 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 the SU SUV before an SUV. It's you know what I mean? Like Right. But like, with no height restrictions. Yeah, you can throw your bike in the back. You can throw a cooler back there. You can throw friends back there, you know? 
Oh, you always throw friends back there with a cooler right. of beer and yeah, cooler Budweiser and just cruise around in your El Camino in New Mexico. I mean, that's how you that's living. Oh, or oh, Texas. I'm so jealous. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm already super bought in. <laughs> as soon as it comes in. Yeah. So he he goes. So he's on his he's on his trek to go to a random motel out in the middle of Nevada to go collect a deplorable a a a person a person who is no longer productive as they as they call them right because people on the outside there if you're no longer productive then it's time to cash in, get arrested, whatever, and send you off to New Eden, right? Hey, right. here's a better place for you to be, to be productive. Okay. Yep. okay. That's what they're selling. They got the whole pamphlets and everything, right? I guess that should have been the clue. <laughs> yeah, that should have been a clue, right? So, <laughs> so he gets in the, he pulls in this little shitty motel, whatever, and he walks in and then we get our first, uh, then we get our first real big heavy commentary which happens in a few points, but yep. this is like, this is the big one about water and how bad the water is. Yep. Uh, when the guy in the hotel, the motel there, the guy who runs it, tries to sell Nick Cage a bottle of water yes. and goes on talking about the water. They have this like probably two minute long conversation about the water and then how it's illegal to sell water that hasn't been, that's like right governmently, is it yep. like government prepared or something like that? Great apocalypse trip. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, you know, selling water is a felony. Yeah. We all saw Fury Road. Yes, water is going to be, we, we all know how the environment works. Yes, water is going to be a problem in the future. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and like this, like great writing, like as soon as Nick Cage walks away from that guy and the, the hotel manager is like, don't, <laughs> don't trip or do, like that's the best comeback you can have to that guy. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, so Nick Cage is like, he's looking for this, this older guy. He's, you know, he's on the hook for not being productive. He finds his room, goes in the room. He's having the interview. So I guess Nick Cage's character is basically kind of like a, he's obviously, he's an agent for this bureau, the community bureau. And he's got his briefcase open. He's showing pamphlets, blah, blah, blah. And the old guy is just not wanting any of it. Oh, oh, you could have done Repo Man. This it's like Repo Man. Oh yeah, good call. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, leave that in. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I I wrote. I immediately don't understand what the premise of this movie is. Like, why is he meeting with this old guy? And he's like, oh, like, don't you want to go off to the funny farm and like? (laughs) Yeah, basically like trying to ship the old person off until like you know. Yeah, and he's like, no, 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 I don't want it. So he goes into his bedroom where they have the very subtle. Make America Great poster. Oh, I mean, I don't even know if I would say that song. <laughs> that, that, I'm being sarcastic, Russ. I know, I know. <laughs> it's like the most 2017 movie of all time. <laughs> Hits you over the head with like, this guy is definitely like, he's spouting about like his freedom and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, yeah. And he even has, well, well, on top of the poster, like, I love that he, so he goes in his room, he grabs a shotgun randomly. Like, I don't know, they're just having a conversation. He goes in the room, grabs a shotgun, Come actually takes a shot through the door, doesn't he? First, yep. yep. Is this before or after he his comment about dining at the White House with Donald Trump? Before. Okay, it is. Yeah, and wait, what, what, I don't think it was. It wasn't with Donald Trump. Yeah, there was a well. He's there was a photo of him next to Trump. Oh, so I could I didn't know that that was the I didn't see like who was in the picture like the picture wasn't clear enough to me. Oh, it's totally Trump. It was a photo of like a younger version of this old man having dinner with um, Donald Trump. 
Oh, okay. The White House. And I was like, well, it all t- it makes sense because he had the Make Great America Great poster, you know? Yeah, and that was when I was like, I think I'm not supposed to like Nick Cage, but I also don't like this older guy. <laughs> I was like, who's the villain here? I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> You're definitely not supposed to like uh, the old man. Yeah, so then, yeah, so he comes, he like blasts through the bedroom door, through his well, Make America Great poster. Actually, hang on again. Well, I don't know. Are you supposed to like the old guy? Because he's like freedom, blah, blah. And then you've got this, this government character who's coming in and trying to say like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. But I think this is the first time, I think you're supposed to be starting to be sympathetic with Nick Cage. I think they're trying to be like, okay, the audience for this movie is probably not going to be big Make America Great people. Clear, like they're very clearly playing, playing on that uh, yeah. as a thing. And I think they're trying to make they're trying to make his like bounty there less yeah. likable. I think that is like the premise. They're like trying to make Nick Cage seem like a like a reasonable guy who's just just following orders. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Well, of course, I don't think any Trump people would watch this movie because it's all about the environment and how it's being destroyed. Right. That's a good point too. They don't believe it. So, anyways, move on. <laughs> All right, alienating a lot of the audience. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> listeners. I don't know. People don't like the environment. So. Uh, okay, so then <laughs> yeah, I know we have a lot of big Trump fans in the audience. <laughs> yeah, probably like two of them. Um, that's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, so then the old guy comes out with a shotgun, blasts the door. I had, I, you know, ate dinner with Donald Trump and blah, blah, blah. Okay, this whole thing goes down. And then the, the hotel manager comes up, right? Yeah, he, he just comes up with a gun, opens the door, and is like, what the hell's going on in here? Whatever old guy, old guy name. And the old guy just blasts him. Like, what? Yeah. The- Crazy. Because I was like, wait a second. Nick Cage could have prevented, like, both of these deaths. <laughs> and, and, like, where is he? He's, like, behind the couch. <laughs> He's just, like, ducked behind the couch. I was like, the hotel manager didn't have to die at all because Nick Cage could have shot the old guy a, a thousand years ago. Yes. Like, he's giving this big rant about eating at the White House. He's like, oh, the food was actually pretty good, too. Like, that was the other thing that bugged me about this movie, in addition to the million other things, was, like, there was just, like, so many extra lines that didn't have any, like, that had no purpose. Yes. No, they were just, like, commentary just to throw out there, right? It's like, yeah, there's no need to say this other than to, like, paint. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, food was all right, too. Okay. Now, that would have been a perfect time for Nick Cage to pop up from behind the couch and be like, no, it wasn't. And just blast the guy, right? Yeah. Could have saved a life. Yep. So we get a, we get a sense of how badass Nick Cage's character is because he blows away an 80-year-old dude. And then we just jump to he's in the city, back in the city, the Walden City, right? In a living room of yep. a boss, a coworker, some bald guy who clearly looks like a Jeff Bezos villain. Yes. The famous Hugh Dillon from... Right. Not Nickelback. Nope. The Headstones. Right. Great Canadian band. Everyone should go out and listen to them. Um, so he's now we're in this like, okay, he's back talking with like a, you know, coworker here. A lot yeah, of exposition. Yeah. I didn't really like listen to all the details, but it was, I don't know. It was just like a... exposition, exposition. Oh yeah. This is how this works. And this is, everything's contaminated and blah, blah, blah. This is strict information. I'm like, all right, this is, this is bad. Okay. Yeah, and but then they were they were talking about the old guy that he killed, and I was like, because at first I was like, wait, why was this guy dining at the White House? Like, why are we why are we going to talk about this at all? And then they're like, oh, he was the governor of Colorado at one point, or it's like, like they try and explain the things at least a little bit, and I, which I appreciate. 
Right. And the old guy does say something about knowing the truth, but why would Nick Cage like take that to heart? Remember that? The old guy was like, well, that's all right. I know the truth. Forget it. Blah, blah, blah. And that's when he walked up. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Dude, why don't you just tell the fucking truth? And then, I don't know, maybe we can solve the, you know? Yeah. And, but they're like, so yeah, there's a ton of exposition. And then there's, there's so many gem quotes though. Like, so many. Nick, Nick Cage is looking at him and he goes, I've seen children drink their own piss. <laughs> wait a second what <laughs> i was like wait a second like just like real life like are we <laughs> like and then i wrote how libelous are we allowed to be in our podcast <laughs> it's slander if it's printed right so i think i, I think that's how that works yeah so then and then they're and then they're and then yeah ex, like exposition of like you're just like uh radiation contaminated everything and then they immediately pass over that and i was like wait i want to know more about that what happened like was right. it a nucle- nuclear war was it some kind of accident like <laughs> why why did that happen yeah it's also like do we already not do we didn't the opening credit like ter- terribly written paragraph we had to read to begin we already give us a sense of what was wrong with the world like should right shouldn't we already know all this from that i don't know it's yeah Right. And then, and then Agent Westinghouse is like, sad old man probably drank his own piss. <laughs> it's like, wait, why are we obsessed with people drinking piss in the future? <laughs> I don't know, because it's the only way to get, you know, I guess water. To, I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> thing I noticed immediately, and I guess you did not pick up on, was as soon as we went to the living room, I see bald, bald guy. I'm like, all right, clearly villain. Uh, but he's got a jacket on. He's inside, I assume, his living room? Or maybe it's Nick Cage's I don't know whose living room it was. Yeah. Well, bald guy's got a pop collar, hardcore pop collar in his jacket. Yeah, didn't notice. I don't know how you didn't notice it. It was like pop for the entire fucking movie. Like, well, I think I was too focused on the fact. So, like, and then this is a bit. So, like, I didn't read the description that told me when this was occurring. So, my bad on that one. But I did see the poster for it because, mm. of course, you're going to see the poster for it when you're looking for it, stream it somewhere. And uh, he has an eye patch on the poster. And so I was like, wait, why doesn't he have an eye patch yet? Oh, this guy's definitely going to become the villain. That's why he has an eye patch in the poster. Kind <laughs> of spoilers in the poster there, huh? Like, why would yeah. you? What? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't have an eye patch for, like, a third of the movie. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely not. Now, we're going to get to that first version of the eye patch, too, because it is definitely not a Nick Fury. It's a sad Nick Fury eye patch. Oh, it's great. I'm, I'm deep in the eye patch. All right, so we get a shit ton of exposition. We learn who the bad guy is, clearly because the, he's wearing a dark jacket and his collar is popped and he's inside. Like, take off your jacket, hang out. You guys are having a long conversation. And awkwardly, Nick Cage is like, fishing? Right, yeah. Yeah, then he like, kind of like blacks out. <laughs> well, hang on. I forgot. This is, this is a whole... This is, oh God, I hate this shit. So that's like a tie-in to the, the fishing and the kid, young Nick Cage's character. You know what I mean? He has those flashbacks to Right, yeah, that's the that's the whole point. That's what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is going into the next scene when he's like, they're like, oh, okay, like they're playing this weird sad song. Right, when he's driving again. Yeah, and I was like, what is this song? So I had to look. I paused the movie and looked it up. I like how people commented on like, what is, what is this song? Why is it so? <laughs> yeah, the song's like, because I lost my loved ones and I love like I hate everyone and everything's terrible now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's not bad, man. It's not bad. Thanks. And it was like podcasting doesn't work out. We should, you know, start a band or something. Right. So yeah, Faded Gloryville by Lindy Ortega. Uh, It's like it doesn't seem like it fits. I feel like that. I mean, that's what made me look it up. It completely stripped me out of the movie. I was like, what is going on right now? What the fuck? Yeah. 
was like, is this a weird music video all of a sudden? <laughs> all right, so we got all that set up. Hopefully everyone's still following along at home. I doubt it at this point. I think we've probably fumbled a couple of times explaining what the fuck's going on. But hey, this is what this movie is. So we're just doing it as we saw it. So yeah, I think we're on track. And like this, yeah. that's when he blacks out and goes to like the, his happy place, the fishing zone there. Oh, does he have a flashback then? Is that the first flashback? I think that's the first flashback. I didn't write it down, but I'm like pretty confident because like that's when he like rolls up to the house and he just like stops. And he's like sitting right. in his El Camino in the car outside of their uh, outside of their house on the prairie here. And they're like, he's like, you're like I'm like, wait, what is this? <laughs> like, it just cuts to like a little kid fishing. Right. Yeah, well, they had the, he, well, there was like a water thing. They did like faded water. So you got an idea he was having like a flashback of some sort. And you know, there's a flashback of a kid fishing with like a, you know, the father type, right? And you're like, oh, okay, maybe that's what he pictures is going to happen. Or maybe that's his son, you yeah. know? Uh, so he's on a new job. I was just saying, that's when it cuts into inside. When you get our, we get our first uh, glimpse of, uh, what's your name here? Sarah Lind. Sarah Lind, thank you. And, uh, and she's like, Lucas, like, you have to wear those shoes. And he's like, I don't want to. They're uncomfortable. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, no, no, no. Like, it's important that you wear your best shoes because, like, that's what he's going to be looking for, that we can take care of ourselves. And I was like, and I wrote this note. I was like, ah, yeah, I'm sure Nicolas Cage really cares about Lucas' shoes. And then five minutes later, he does care about Lucas' shoes. <laughs> yeah. Like, this whole thing, this, this job is like, hey, I just want to make sure you're productive out here. I want to make sure you're wearing the right shoes. Uh, so this is Nick, Nick Cage's new job, right? He's got a new job. He visited the old man, tried to get the old man to come to Eden, whatever, right? Yep. Old man didn't, old man got blown away. Get him out of yeah. here. Finish. Now we're on, now we're on to a new family. Nick Cage pulls up his little halo phone, new job. He shows up, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a, so this is important because <laughs> this comes up. I think even this is the first point it's, it's mentioned is when he's going through the case file for this woman and child, don't right. they mention like single mother and child? And this is, this this bothered me because this is mentioned so many times, but yeah. this is the opening of like, okay, next job, single mother and child. Cool. They go inside, they have the shoe conversation. Did it, when they're inside the house, just the, the, the mother and the kid, did it look weird to you? Like they were standing like on against the green screen, like they stood out from like the in- interior of the house. Did it look weird to you? Uh, no, I think that one looked kind of regular to me, but I think I'm like, I was desensitized to the green screen by that point. So, <laughs> no, it like, it was so weird. They stood out from like the background so much. It was like, are they just something like really? You could have just found a house out. And Nick Cage goes in, he starts his interview process. He cares about the shoes, which you talked about, obviously. Uh, well, it's because, I mean, he only cares about the shoes, I guess, because the kid's like, Mom, these shoes hurt. He's bitching about it and he's like a punk kid, which I have comments about this. Like, this kid's kind of annoying through the rest of this movie, by the way, I think. Oh, he's awful. So then Nick, uh, so in this whole exchange, so this is Nick Cage interviewing, you know, the, the, you know, the single mom, making sure that she's productive, right, and taking care of her kid. She's not taking care of her kid. They have a conversation about how many times he's eaten, blah, blah, blah. Then they got to go to New Eden or, hey, we're going to sell you on this thing or you're just going to send you there. Yep. Um, weird moment, though. The kid asked me if he has a gun. Oh, Yeah. Really, really strange. Like he just like, oh yeah, boom, pulls the gun out, pulls out the cartridge, pulls out the bolt. You know, it's not loaded, and just hands the kid the gun. I'm like, what? The? <laughs> like, what? They then it cuts to like the kid wandering around outside, right? Kind of, or not? Yeah, is that yeah, not yeah. yet? Yep. And so, like, that's when he sees the tire has a giant gaping hole in it, 
or I thought it was the tire, but now I'm like, was it, was that the gas tank? Like, cause they make that a point later. <laughs> it's like, what's like, the, remember there's like a, there's like a gaping hole in something in the car that I'm 99% sure was the tire. Oh, but that, no, that makes sense. Cause it's, a, it's definitely a gas tank. Cause like when they, they escape later, right. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Like, I mean, they zoomed in on it and they were like, huh? 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 Yeah, well, like, that was the tire. They zo- that was the scene when they zoomed in on the tire, right? Yeah, and there was a there was a giant hole. And that's why I was like, oh, how is that tire not flat? <laughs> I didn't even see the hole. I saw because like the way it was framed, all I all I saw was the hubcap. And I was like, why are they zooming in on this right now? I didn't oh, see the yeah, It was like right on the edge of the hubcap. It was like right on like the, the part of the tire wall there next to the hubcap. There was just like a giant like knife wound in the tire. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Oh, I didn't even see that. That was so funny. It's funny because I was like, why? I was like, why is this shot important? Why is why are they zooming in on this? I didn't even pick up on that. I just saw the hubcat because it was reflected the kid's feet, and I was like, and then it cuts to him sitting inside with the Nicholas Cage sitting inside with the kid, right? And they're sitting at the table. Or is that there? Oh wait, no. I think that was the gun part. I, I think yeah. I forgot to mention it then. That was when like the kids sitting there like drinking, like they're having that big conversation about water because everything in the first half of the movie revolves around water, and then it uh, doesn't. And he's like, the kid's like sitting there drinking out of a water glass with two hands, like uh, Trump style. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, isn't he like 11? Like, why is, isn't he old enough to like hold a glass of water with one hand? <laughs> Don't that's loser, kid. And that's when it cuts to the pop collar guy. Yep. Who, so then we, we cut outside and we're like, now just got this cool like shot of Nevada and it's just pop collar Westinghouse fuel, which by the Westinghouse, really? Isn't that like, a, isn't Westinghouse something? It's like a radio electronics company. Yeah. Now whatever. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and he's just standing there. Okay. So it's clearly he's tracking them. He's tracking, you know, Noah Cross, Nick Cage for some reason. We're not totally sure yet. Do right. We, and that's, okay. that's when he goes down and talks to Porter, right? In the, in the little room there. And Porter's like, uh, we haven't talked about Porter yet. Um, but he's like, I don't like, Seems to be Hugh Dillon's like number two. Westinghouse yeah. is like number two kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. Um, and, and they're like, uh, he's like, yeah, um, make sure you keep good surveillance on this guy. And Porter's like, wait, why? <laughs> he's like, he's up for promotion. It's standard procedure. And then I love Porter goes, standard procedure since when, sir? <laughs> wait. And then it just like cuts away and it's just like, do what I say. Yeah. Um, and then we come back to the house again. Yep. Uh, and um, so we come back to the house and again, I think we're reminded that, the, oh, that's right. Cause uh, we're reminded of, of her being single and attractive yet again. Like this is like the fourth or fifth time. Right. Cause I think actually Westinghouse says it when they're, when they're, <laughs> when he's talking to Porter and he's like, they got yeah, like Porter. a, pulls up a picture and he's like oh she's attractive <laughs> no yeah, she's like normal looking <laughs> yeah I don't know. she's a normal person <laughs> okay cool um yeah and then is this when the uh they're having aren't they, the, oh yeah when it was so when nick cage is doing the interview and they're having lunch the kid even mentions it too this is why like in this, this short span the very beginning of this movie that's why it, like it kept coming up so porter um porter and westinghouse of the conversation about her being attractive and then there's when they go back to the house aren't they eating lunch and even the kid is like isn't he doesn't he comment about how his mom is single and attractive yeah he's like oh, he's like what do you like what do you want from us like my mom's like single and like pretty like what do you 
Nick Cage is like, no, I'm just doing my job, kid. Leave <laughs> me alone, kid. It's not what I'm and, here for. I'm here to get the truth. Yeah. And then, like, that's when the kid leaves, and that's when I get confused again uh, because I'm like, I'm just really not understanding the process of, of what's happening because Nick Cage yeah. goes like, oh, you asked for this review. Yeah, I don't get that. I didn't get that either. Like, and I was like, wait, if she's going to be like deported to Eden, why would uh, at the end of this, this like imaginary terrible whatever that she that she's trying to avoid now? Well, no one knows it. Well, hold on, no one knows it's terrible. We know it's terrible, but yeah, yeah. Well, either regardless, she's trying to avoid it. She doesn't know it's bad, and she still doesn't want to go. And I was like, so then why would you ask for this review? (laughs) Right, like, and you're clearly failing. And then, and then when Nick Kate starts talking about Eden and I'm like, oh, great point. Like, why would you want to stay here? This seems awful. Like, yeah. what does everyone do all day? Like, are there jobs? Are there schools? Like, are there? Yeah, like, what, well, there like, are. But... Apparently, but like, what's this, like, we haven't been, at this point, we're kind of like, I think we're led to believe that society has completely collapsed outside of the cities. Yes, but it's fine. Right, but it seems totally fine. <laughs> And that's why, like, I'm, I think I'm on Team Humanity Bureau so far. Like, New Eden sounds dope at this point. <laughs> Not Team Freedom on the outside of the city walls? No, I'm Team Humanity Bureau. Like, these guys are, like, trying to make a better world for the, for the people who live in the, the shitty irradiated landscape where you can't grow crops and you don't, like, I don't know. Like, they seem destitute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do. I think they're fine though, but there was also a line about like how they can't grow anything out there. And I'm like, well, it is Nevada. Sure. But I mean, even like, well, like in Nevada, when you have like irrigation systems set up, it's totally fine. (laughs) Now, you know, 10 years from now, you won't have those. Like it's all going to be gone. But yeah, I'm on board with you. Like, I mean, I would be like, yeah, this this pamphlet looks great. New Eden, let's fucking go right now. Like, why wouldn't I? And that's one of my big, one of my big gripes about the timing of this movie too, because I'm like, ten years from now, there definitely will still be irrigation systems. Like, it's yeah. too soon. Like in my mind, this seemed like it was like 2050 plus. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, I mean, 2050 is when they're saying we're going to run out of resources for stuff, so it's got to be well past that. Like, right. That's what. I, like, if we if we've devolved this far, like, yeah. in my mind, this is go- this is way, way, way in the future, and then all of the stuff is from like now. Yeah. <laughs> It's also like she's just out there with her kid, and they seem to be fine. I mean, they had lunch. He's, you know, he had shoes, return to shoe, whatever. Well, they didn't have lunch. Remember, they were like having, they were having dinner, and he was like, "Oh, they skipped. Bre- they had breakfast. He skipped whatever." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He was like, "You had breakfast, but you didn't have lunch." <laughs> whatever. Portion portioning isn't important, anyways. So yeah, I was like, you don't want this kid to end up, you know, <laughs> having all kinds of medical issues. All right, so. I, I like this, this house scene was like, okay, a lot, whatever. Um, I, I don't know, not sure where we line up here, but there, there was a moment where I, so there, him and Nick, her and Nick Cage are having a conversation. He's like, yeah, you should go to New Eden, blah, blah. And there's like the random slap in the face to kind of move things along. Like, well, yeah. And so that's where I have some notes about that. So that's when she's like, he has a recital tomorrow afternoon. Like we can't go to New Eden. And I was right. like, wait, my first, like, what the fuck is society? Like, this is a real, like, there are things in the Badlands out here. Like, recital for what? Yeah. <laughs> so confusing. Uh, and then, yeah, and then she, like, slaps him in the face, and he's like, all, all right. right. I was hoping we'd go all in the cage right there and be like, you gotta go to New Eden, you know? Like, yes, that's what I was looking for. I was like, maybe he's bottling up for having a Nick Cage moment at the end of the movie, which I'm gonna love. Yeah. Spoilers, it didn't happen. <laughs> um, so then we are all of a sudden, the kid is on the roof. Yeah. Not at all subtle. They're like showing this kid like 
sliding around on the roof being like, whoa, 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 whoa. This won't end well. Yeah, he's like trying to return. He's got a little injured baby bird in his hands. And he's like trying to, re- he, sees the, he sees the nest on the chimney, on top of the chimney. And so he like climbs up on the roof to try and return the baby bird to the nest. That's what it is. And he's like, his like little tiny boy shoes are like, whoa, 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 on all the roof tiles. Slides off the roof. And immediately Nick Cage is doing CPR for some reason. <laughs> so I see that we both have notes here. Mine is like, I'm no EMT, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Yes. And I was like, how did this work? Like, he's not, his problem isn't that he's not breathing. His problem is that he probably has broken ribs and shit. Like, he's yeah. probably gravely injured. He fell like 30 feet. Yeah. Seemingly. Or he just knocked the wind out of him. So I don't know. It was really weird. And then Nick Cage just comes in, slides in, he starts doing CPR immediately, fucking pounding yeah. the kid's chest. I'm like, I'm not sure. What? Is that what you, no, I don't know. I don't know. Makes I also sense. heard if you do CPR correctly, you're, you're going to, you actually, break or crack a rib or something right because you have to do that much pressure you got to do it to the you know certain yes. people a minute definitely no one bites the dust you know a lot of questions no answers we'll dig this up and not fix it in posts let's just spread the you know yeah, so no, a <laughs> couple pumps of the cpr you know to the couple yep. pumps of the chest a little listening to the, the breath oh man is he gonna make it one slap of the back the kid's up and he's fine and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. And then they're like, "All right, <laughs> I guess this is fine now." And this is when I really like just a random call out of like, I do appreciate that like all fiction movies have recognized that water is going to be the biggest crisis for yes. humanity. <laughs> I can appreciate that, uh, despite how how poorly it's executed. Yep. So, and then we're almost done with the with the house moment, which is I feel like just a clusterfuck. Now, now I hear us talking about it. Um, so he does the EMT moment, uh, and then she's like, he's in a bathtub, and she used all, yeah, because that's right, because she she used all the clean water to you know give him a bath, whatever. Right. Um, and then we pan over to to Nick Cage, who's sitting there, and he's holding a dead bird. I didn't pick up the fact that the kid was putting a dead bird back in the nest in the roof. The bird wasn't dead when the kid was holding it. The bird definitely the bird definitely died in the fall with the kid. <laughs> that's why it's ruthless dude that's why it's all it's horrifying like, maybe that's why this movie's rated r because <laughs> there was no other violence in the movie really except for against this bird <laughs> the uh, canadian canary um okay so then we're nick gage is in a car and that's right. it he's back in the camino he's driving he's got a little bit of conscious now things are coming back to me he's like yeah i don't know maybe i shouldn't uh send these people to new eden yeah, probably blacks out the fishing thing again. He's the same, the same hallucination yeah. of fishing. He's like, he's like, well, you know, she's single. She is attractive, you know? Yep. I don't want to send her to New Eden. Right. And then we're, uh, I think, at Nick's home in the city. Yep, we get back to his apartment where we find Agent Westinghouse. And, he, <laughs> and Nick Edge goes, how'd you get in here? And Westinghouse goes, ah, keys under the mat. And I was like, ah, a little bit of lightheartedness. And then <laughs> Nick Cage goes, I don't have a mat. And I was like, well, you ruined the fucking joke, Nick. Yeah, man. What the fuck, dude? Like, what like, of course he didn't find a key under the mat. <laughs> <laughs> we got that. That's the funny part. <laughs> Just bad writing. Bad writing. The, I, the only thing I had about him being at home and running into his... So we, have, we get some... I think we get some back and forth about how they know each other and they're friends. They were good friends, right? Or something? Is that at this point? Yes, but then this is also when he's like, hey, you getting a soft spot for that family out there? Uh, 
And like, for some reason, Nick Cage is like really weirdly hung up on this recital. <laughs> he's like, he's got a recital tomorrow. That's right. And, like, uh, and the guy's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I don't care. He's like, it's a good memory for a boy to have. <laughs> like, what? Okay. Um, and then he goes, you had a heart once, Adam. And that's why I was like, oh, we know Westinghouse's first name. <laughs> yeah. And that they know each other and that they had moments together. Maybe, maybe we'll see a prequel. Who knows? Yeah. And I was like, why is this guy so bad out of shape? Like what happened to Adam that he's like so fucked now? Yeah. Also, uh, just heads up, he had his collar pop yet again. Right. And that's when they show Nick Cage going outside uh, and he's like standing outside looking in like a little, like looking at the note that he got from the older man earlier that he murdered. Yep. Uh, and it says never surrender. And I was like, never give up, never surrender. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a second. Are we talking, uh, <laughs> we talking Tim Allen over here? Like a galaxy quest going on, never surrender. <laughs> but I was like, but also like they made it seem like it was meant for him. Like the movie was like, dun dun, like kind of like, never surrender but then it was also like he doesn't have any he shouldn't have any context for this <laughs> no he shot an 80 year old man and just picked up a piece of paper off of his dead body <laughs> like, he should have on it. like what are you connecting to anything with that says never surrender right and then all of a sudden he's like oh i gotta go to an elevator <laughs> well hold That's on what never surrender means well, before that, well, before that, though, and this, I don't know if you caught this, or I don't know if you figured this out. So we, we get, you know, Westinghouse and, and oh, stupid. Nick Cage run into each other, right? Yeah. And then it cuts to Nick Cage just sitting on a bench. And there's, remember, like, a, like it's like a, a parking lot where, like, car, like a garage where cars are pulling out. And there's a truck that drives out and a guy in the truck in the passenger seat just throws a matchbook at him. Oh, Yeah. I, that like totally fell off my radar. So uh, that one I had no, I was like, what the fuck? So, cause it goes from his house. to so, like all of a sudden he's on this bench sitting somewhere randomly. Um, and then I guess that was the context. Yeah. I think that was it. And I think it had a name inside. But I couldn't see what it was, but like, I was like, where is he? What the fuck is going on? And like, who's this guy that's like throwing this Intel and like, yeah, nothing is real. Nothing makes sense. Uh, clearly he did something and they cut it from the movie. Wait a second. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> someday we'll have sponsors because we, yeah because we can't edit out the fact that we disappeared for a minute <clears throat> i hate that don't don't edit anything i have to admit, <laughs> i'm Emmett. i'm hungry <laughs> <laughs> shout out to rugrats <laughs> rugrats we'll play we'll play yeah. edit all of this <laughs> yeah i gotta also edit out me whatever we'll well, I'm going to not say it because I'll not say it correctly again. And I'll have to edit that out. So we'll skip all that. Emiratis. Oh, God. Emiratis. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good though, right? Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So we're, we got Nick Cage. He's starting to uncover the whole, the whole scheme of things. There's, you know, some other underlying thing going on, right? So he gets the, some random bit of information from some passenger in a truck that throws him a cigarette match book, right? And he reads the name out of it. Yep. This is literally what happens in the movie. Yep. Uh, next scene, he's in an empty warehouse with an envelope on the floor he picks it up. They should yep. kind of show it to the camera, but I couldn't really read it. I was like, I'm not going to Oh, they don't it. show it at all. Like, they don't, definitely don't show it enough to intend you to be able to read it. <laughs> okay, all right. But they show it enough to be like, oh, this is important. It's like, well, like, oh, there's an envelope. Cool. Why is it here? Okay. <laughs> and then he's in an elevator. Right. And so he walks in this elevator in what seems to be a construction site. Like, am I wrong? <laughs> it looks to yeah. me like they're 
at some kind of construction site and he gets in the elevator and the guy in the elevator goes, mm, going up. <laughs> yeah. like, All right. Obviously some shit's about to go down. Right. Uh, so you're like, uh, Nick Cage starts talking to him and he's like, oh yeah, like are you sure you weren't followed here? Whatever else. And he's like, no, don't worry. It's just me. Uh, and then like never surrender comes back weirdly. Uh, and then he pulls the thing out of his pocket, pulls the thing he pulled off the 80 year old guy. He shot. Right. He, he's like, never surrender. And the guy in the elevator is like, Oh yeah. Murphy's his name, by the way, I think Murphy. Oh, he has a name. How does he have a name? And like spiky hair doesn't spiky hair is way more important later. Pretty sure he does. Doesn't look like he does in the list here. He doesn't even show up. Oh, Irving. That's his name, not Murphy. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Irving's a... Oh, you're right. Irving's the main character. Yeah. But spiky hair gets billing above him. <laughs> hey, you gotta fucking have good spiky hair, man. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so, <laughs> so then this is when I think the first and one of the only times in the movie we get a good Nick Cage moment. Um, <laughs> he's like, what is the truth? Like, yeah. Oh, why would you say it like that? Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> weird. Uh, so he has this conversation with this random dude in the elevator, uh, Irving, not Murphy, who I thought his name was. Uh, this Irving. Is also, this is the first time that we're like keyed into whatever this the truth is. Like this is a, like right. they try to they try to make this an important moment, and in the movie it is an important moment, uh, like in retrospect, but you wouldn't know it <laughs> from the scene. Yeah. Like the scene is really poorly written, but you're like, oh, there is some kind of conspiracy happening. Like, obviously, I assumed that because otherwise, why would there be a movie? Why would you call something New Eden, by the way? I mean, that's kind of sure. It sounds conspiracy related. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you're like, this is the first time you're like, oh, wait, it's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something going on behind the scenes, man. Uh, and then, so Rando, dude, not Rando anymore, Irving. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently knows a lot of stuff. He, I think he actually works for the Bureau, I believe. Yes, it's, it seems that way, yeah. Uh, and we, they confirm that later on. But So he works for the Bureau and he sneaks. We don't know this at this point, but he, we don't know he works for the Bureau. I don't, I don't think at least. He gives Nick Cage's character a, a, like a little, U, little mini drive, right? A little USB drive, a little fucking... Yeah, I didn't see it, but seemingly it happened. Little thing, little guy. You know, it's got all the information on it. Yep. And then we cut to Nick Cage back in his house, looking at the information just from behind him. And he's like, the only line we get is, oh man, what have we done? Yep. And then we cut to the recital. Just before we get to the recital, I'm also really still hung up on this being the near future. Like this is 2030. So like this is part of the the timing for me that was really weird. I still didn't know it was 2030 at this point. And I was like, wait, everything from this movie is... At best, 2008, <laughs> despite the fact that this came out in 2017. And then they're like, oh, wait, but we have these weird holographic phones. And you're like, I don't think that's going to be a thing in the next 10 years. I'm no, I'm no phone expert. I mean, no, it won't be. Like projection, like projection phones are not, I don't think it's a marketable device. Like we already have those today. Yeah. And like people don't want them because <laughs> yeah, everyone can see what you, what you're fucking doing. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Like you don't like nobody wants a holog- hologram coming up on their phone being like, Oh, okay. Thanks computer. Anyway. So yeah. So then we get to the recital <laughs> coming in amazing grace coming in hot. Uh, it wasn't amazing grace. 
It oh, wasn't. that's oh, that's what the, the that's when when they first comes in. That's right. They're all singing Mary, Amazing Grace. That's right. And then the kid, we go back to single hot mom's kid. Yeah. Uh, he's singing the Pledge of Allegiance by himself. Yeah, solo from my guy. Big solo. Big solo from uh, the kid. Uh, also, we keep panning back in the cage, and he's still standing in the aisle. I'd be like, if it was a family member in the back, I'd be like, dude, can you sit the fuck down? I can't see my kid. Right. Huge. Like, sit down. And also, like, wait, why are people clapping after the pledge? Like, what are we, like, he just, he literally, they sang Amazing Grace, finished, and then the kid was like, I pledge allegiance to the flat. And you're like, okay. Like, stand up in, in like, in grade school. We yeah, all sang Pledge of Allegiance back then, you know? Yeah. And then they're like, they cut to Nick Cage going like, hey, kid, you were good. You were really good. And yeah, yeah, it was kind of awkward how much he was into how good the kid was. And he really wasn't. He was just like, I ran it once is once is enough, easy. Yeah. And like in a chorus of children like that, they all sound almost exactly the same. There's no possible way after just meeting this kid, you can yeah. pick his voice out. <laughs> like, dude, you sound like every little little kid fucking stupid because you climbed on the top of the roof and you fell off the roof don't climb on the roof again dumbass idiot kid right yeah yeah so then it it cuts back to the house then right so then he like goes home with them uh and then this is where like i wanted them to like the movie in my opinion is getting like shittier and shittier by the second at this point that's about right the music the music coming into the scene is like and you're like i wanted them to like put up a title card that was like well back at the ranch (laughs) (laughs) and then like and then they get in there and i'm like wait a second why is coffee hard to find like nick cage is like oh i brought some coffee and she's like coffee what's a coffee i don't even know how to make that yeah she's like well she's like you could buy a house with that much coffee and i was like wait what what? (laughs) hot water and fucking ground up thing come on Figure it out. Yeah, and then and then her quote, yeah, she's like, I don't know how to make coffee. And then Nick Cage goes, Well, do you have a coffee pot? It makes the process a little bit easier. And I was like, A little bit easier. A, co- a coffee pot is what makes the coffee, Nick Cage. <laughs> it takes all of the work out of it if you have a coffee pot. And then she goes, I must have one around here somewhere. And I was like, Wait, she's making it seem like she's never seen coffee in her whole life. But if we're saying this is 2030. She's yeah. what? She's what? Maybe. 40 at this point oh come on he's late 30s or mid 30s early mid 30s she grew up in an age where there was definitely coffee (laughs) right because the world ended in 2013 well no well we don't know when the world like got got crazy right right well presumably after 2017 when the movie came out (laughs) (laughs) like sometime between then and now when i've definitely had a lot of coffee between 2011 and 2017 who knows None of this makes any sense at all. It made me that part made me really mad, and also made me like, "What year is this?" Like, I I didn't know it was twenty thirty. Now it's making me extra mad, knowing that it's twenty thirty. I love it. Get fired up, man. Get fired up. You pissed. I'm so rattled. Um. So there we are. Coffee conversation. Nighttime. Not sure why the single attractive mom out in the desert invited Nick Cage back. He still looked creepy. I still wouldn't invite him my home. Right. Um. They flash the El Camino. After, after the coffee conversation, uh, she also says, like, oh, you're not what I expected. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, well, okay. Get off of me. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. And he's probably like, yeah, well, you weren't what I expected. Single and attractive out here in the desert. Yet again. Right. Emphasis uh, on attractive. Right. Uh, okay. So house, coffee. So then, there's like. Another, so there's another flashback. The fishing? Yes. 
He ends up sleeping in his El Camino because that's what you do when you have an El Camino, you sleep in it. Why wouldn't you? And he has a flashback to water, kid fishing. And I was like, oh, fishing. I, at first I was like, oh, is this his kid? Oh, interesting. That was my first thought. Was well, that Because they do it a couple times. I was like, oh, is this him like having a flashback and maybe his kid died? And he's like, just like, that's why he's having this moment of like wanting to protect the, you know, the mother and the, and the kid. Yeah, I would have thought that if the adult looked anything like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> well, well, they, well, you don't see it, you don't see him until the, the third time because they do it three times: and once in the beginning, once in the middle, once now, and then do it later. And then I saw, I was like, "Oh, that's not. That's just." That's fair. It's a fair. It's a fair guess. I wasn't there. <laughs> uh, and then he wakes up. So we're back in the house. Uh, Nick Cage wakes up from his little nap, has his flashback with, with what I thought it was his kid, not his kid. Um, right. Uh, and bad guys are coming. Right. So the bad guys are rolling up to the house and the flashes on the El Camino, which I love how they're placed all the, like this is, at first I was like, oh, this is Nick Cage's personal cop El Camino or whatever. <laughs> It's not. It's like an official government El Camino. It's got like crazy weird government stickers all over it. Yeah. Uh, so weird. <laughs> yeah, it just says whatever the fucking title of the movie is. The Humanity Bureau on the fucking bottom of the door. Right. Makes no sense. Like, Makes why, no sense why, why even bother doing that? Yeah. So then I, I loved uh, just a couple of lines there. Like the, when he's like, we got to get out of here. And the kid's like, what about my books? And he goes, take one. <laughs> I was yeah. like, wait. Why is this conversation happening? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> we need to get the fuck out of here. Bad guys are coming. Like, I need. I need really to- bad writing. Uh, like- and then, like, then they just roll up, and uh, the our, our guy Hugh Dillon, uh, Agent Westinghouse, is pointing is taking. What's her name in the movie? Rachel. Well, well, yes. for now that we know. We'll get to that. We'll Takes Rachel hostage, the mother. Uh, Randomly, he like they just show up. Like, wasn't Nick Cage outside with his? Didn't he pull out his big gun at one point? Didn't he pull out the big machine gun? It was just like, yeah, he did. He pulled it out and then like got a couple of shots off poorly. And then they just jumped to being inside the house and fucking our our boy there, uh, Dylan slash Westing Clearinghouse, just had Rachel at gunpoint. Aka, yep, he's got her in a chokehold. He's got her at gunpoint. He's like, I'll blow her away if you. Do don't do what I say. And then boom, out of nowhere comes the kid with a BB gun. Yeah. Well, before that, first of all, I'm like, wait a second. I again, I didn't know this was 2030. In the near future, like, what is the judicial process look like? Like, why would he just execute her? Like, he's not supposed to be a villain. He's a government agent. Yeah. Like, like he, you know, like he's a, I mean, he's a villain and a government agent. But like, what? In what world <laughs> would he be like? Holding this woman hostage, being like, if you don't comply, I'll kill her. Dude, the truth is going to get out, and the truth can't get out. I guess. I guess. This is what people do, you know? You got to seal it up. You got to, it's, you I'm know, rattled about conspiracy it. stuff, you got to seal it up. Right. So then the BB gun. So then the kid just drops down the stairs. He's across the room, probably 20, 30 feet away, I'd say, because it's kitchen, open, living room. He pops down. He's like, let go of my mom. Takes a fucking shot, hits the guy in the eye. I don't know how you are with a BB gun. I don't know if you've shot a BB gun before, but I haven't. Bad. I'm pretty sure it was a BB gun. Yeah, it's definitely a BB gun. Yeah. Uh, and nails him right in the eye. Boom, nailed it. Like shoot your shot. Yeah, yeah. The kid nailed it. Yeah, I mean, 
we need a Death Star shop, put that kid in, you know, put him in the next wing. Make him like, let him do it. Absolutely. And then that unleashes like a hail of unholy gunfire across the land. Yeah. And so, yeah, then I just like, it, it just gets chaotic from here. He drops, then Nick Cage and what's his face? Don't they go to like a little fist of cuffs? Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of hand on hand, yeah. hand to hand, hand on yeah. hand. Hand on hand, hands holding hands, fighting combat, you know, whatever. Hands across America. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not the most lively of action, but, you know, it's... No, and, like, whoever's directing this has never directed a gunfight before. Like, the, the gunfire, any, any time a gun is shot in this movie is outrageous. Yeah, a little bit. That makes uh, no sense. Rachel, single hot mom out in Nevada, she picks up the machine gun and just pulls the trigger and the thing gets loose and she just rips apart the ceiling. And apparently then- we That's just, what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And then we just all of a sudden just jump that they are now in the El Camino and driving away. Right, exactly. And this, I love this part. I love the music when they're driving away. It's like, it's like a very like country, high spirited. Like, and I was like, oh, them Duke boys are at it again. Like, <laughs> They're making a good getaway in like the the uh, the General Lee over here. Yeah, and all the other government agents are like watching him drive away, and they're all like, "Shucks, gone darn it, they got away." Yeah, and it's like all very like Benny Hill, like and like the guys like scrambling around. <laughs> guys, you have SUVs. They're in an El Camino. You can go catch them. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And then like, and then it cuts back to the kitchen when uh, what's his face who's shot a, who got his eye shot out apparently by the kid with the bb gun uh he's got like a slice of bread on his face yeah, well, first of all like why does he why did he use bread on his wound well oh i'm confused i don't maybe they did it for him because it's weird so first of all before that happens just before there's a quick cut scene they cut to like them driving away right and then it's yep. like we find out that the self camino is like fucking kit from fucking knight rider like right talking to the car telling it like, hey, transfer gas from the, it's like, oh, we have a punctured <laughs> gas tank, which comes back to the kid in the tire, right? He's in your future, Russ. <laughs> and also he's like talking to the old community, he's like, yeah, I could transfer the fuel from the main tank to the reserve. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want that El Camino. Then we pop back to the house where the guy, you know, where Weston Clearinghouse took the shot to the eyeball. And he's right. sitting there. So this is what I'm confused about. So he's there cuffed to, he's cuffed to like, his one hand's cuffed to the right. what, a radiator or whatever, right? But then he's got a piece of bread and electrical tape over his, his eye that he shot him. Which I assumed that the piece of bread was like the only thing in reach of his handcuffs. I think that, no, I think that they put it there. Okay. Weird. Why would he? Like, <laughs> why would, you think Nick Cage put it there? Yeah, well, what would you, so the guy gets shot in the face, right? You're yep. immediately going to grab him, drag him somewhere, cuff him to something and get the fuck out of town. Are you going to take the time to like, duct tape a piece of bread to his eye and be like gotcha no, and that's that's why i think that didn't happen <laughs> i think if anything maybe it was porter maybe porter put a piece of bread on his face no because he comes in later he finds him he comes in and he's like that he finds him with bread i don't know i think i'm sticking to he found a slice of bread taped it to his face i guess i i, I was going down one path and i think i just talked myself out of my own fucking path because it makes no sense that's yeah, right that's crazy but then, then how, how could he pee, put a piece of bread in his eye and electrical tape it with one hand? That's fucking, that's a tough thing to do. Very carefully. Yeah, the physics don't add up. And also, why would you put bread on your eye? And also, 
in this in this Badlands universe? Why is there like prepackaged bread? Like, why right? is there like a slice of Wonder Bread you can put on your eye? Who, who had, like you're out in the middle of nowhere? Like, come on, you're in Nevada. Bread doesn't grow in Nevada. Nothing in this movie is consistent. Nothing <laughs> makes sense. Nothing's real. Uh, and then I love he's like snapping at Porter immediately, and he's like, "Oh, you!" De-. He's like, "Look at the like the key, the key for the handcuffs is in the cookie jar." Yeah, and yeah. how does he know that, by the way? And why is the key in the cookie jar? I don't know. It makes no sense. And also, then Thanks Porter goes, me. looks in the cookie jar. There's no key, and he goes, "Are you deaf? It's the bear with the hat on it." And I was like, "Wait, there's two cookie jars on the counter. You did not describe it. How yeah. can you possibly expect Porter to know that? What an unreasonable expectation." Being kind of a dick, bald guy with a fucking shot out eye. Yeah, I hate that guy. But now I'm thinking like, well, so maybe they did take the time. Maybe they, sh- they shot him in the eye and they're like, all right, let's drag him over here. They cuffed him. We're like, hey, sorry about that. Duck taped some bread to his eye. And we're like, hey, by the way, the key's right in this one. I guess I could see that. I don't know. No, it makes no sense. It's fucking stupid. Nothing's real. So then they move along. We Like, we got to move along here because this is, we're spending so much time in this movie, which I don't think it deserves all this, but. No, it deserves it. It's asking for it. So, so Nick, they roll up at a gas station. Yep, Nick Cage and family pull over a gas station because they're running out of gas because the El Camino, te- you know, aka Kit Camino, if you will. Sure. That's pretty good. Uh, running out of gas, gas station. Nick Cage flashes his little cell phone badge thing to the gas. Yeah, and they're like, nope, you're fucking wanted. He smashes that, right? Remember that? He smashes his little ID card thing. Yep. But also, mm-hmm. like, why would you expect this gas station to work? <laughs> Yeah, right? Like, are they supposed to work out there? Like, there's no, like, the, the Badlands, like, out there, like, there's not really any, they don't really give you a sense of, like, what the community is like. They're just, like, it's fucking terrible. But then it's like, oh, there's all this stuff here, like, recitals for kids and gas stations. and right. there's, some st- there's no consistency on, like, what is society 10 years from now? I mean, it looks, it, you know what it looks like? It just kind of looks like Nevada. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, it looks like Nevada today. <laughs> like, you could drive out to the middle of Nevada right now and like find this and you'd be like oh yeah this matches this lines up yeah so then all of a sudden like he gets out of the car and he's like he's like oh like there's no gas in the gas tank and you're like of course not like why would you expect this gas station to work and for some reason they're all out of breath like he's like <gasps> like <gasps> go t- wait there's a guy over there <gasps> you're like wait you were just riding in a car for like unclear amount of time we'll say 20 minutes Sure. Why are you out of breath? Yeah. It's also why like, is everyone out of breath? Why does it take so long for the bad guys to catch it? Like, just uncuff the guy and then you're like 20 minutes out. Anyways, all right, we'll get to that. Yeah. So gas station uh, is all kind of weird. Uh, then the gas station attendant shows up. He's a weird guy because, of course, weird guys own gas stations out there in apocalyptic time. Yeah. Again, um, this is just real life. Yeah. And he's like, give me your gas. Nick Cage holds a gun up to him, right? The guy's yep. like, okay, I'll give you my, give you my gas. And then there's like this weird moment where like the guy's handing all this gas. And like, I, I don't know if you caught this, but the, the guy is just like the, the gas station attendant guy is like, mister, are you a good family man? Yeah. And it was like yeah, part of what made me pick the family man for my Hollywood pitch. Ooh, wow. That's a deep cut. Well done. Well done. Um, like what a weird comment. Yeah. And why and is he they, helping them? Why is he helping them all of a sudden? And I called that out. I was like, wait, this doesn't make any sense at all. Like, he, he's known them for five minutes. Barely. And he held a gun to them. It was like, just give yeah. me all your shit. He basically robbed them. Right. I was going to say, like, when, by, by known him means, like, his, but his, the kid there held a gun to him. 
And then Nick Cage held a gun to him and it's like, Right. And you're like, wait a second. Other question here is like, how does that kid really know how to use a gun? Like his mom does not. <laughs> nothing, nothing makes sense here. Nothing makes sense anywhere in 2030, which, well, we're not that far off. And that's when this gas station guy goes, you won't get far. No one ever does. And then I was like, wait a second. How often does this happen to the poor gas station guy? Like, is this a regular occurrence where he's like, oh, no one ever does? Like, yeah. Is there somebody trying to escape? from nevada unclear <laughs> badlands i mean you're still in nevada by the way it's like i don't know the only good thing the only yeah there's not much out there other than right and then, like nick cage is currently kidnapping this family like we have no clue what's happening right now other than he's just kind of stealing them <laughs> he kinda, it's true he kind of technically is just kidnapping them and like yeah. under the guys that he's saving them he didn't even say come with me if you want to live right he just was like Get in the car. Grab one book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab a car. Don't don't forget to take a book. Take one book. <laughs> and then, like, I'm super invested in Crutch's guy here, uh, who I believe is credited as gas jockey. <laughs> Ooh, that's a great. Yeah, he is. That's it, Sheldon, gas jockey. I love gas jockey. Like, he's a good dude, and I'm like, again, he's like known in air quotes uh, this group for less than five minutes yep. uh, they've held guns to him multiple times and yet he's like if you're gonna get out of here you need a distraction <laughs> yeah i do nick cage is like all right smell ya <laughs> and like starts driving away and the guy sacrifices himself yeah and for just these strangers drives into one of now the suv now the the, the the bad guys are catching up three suvs of course and he just drives his his uh his uh uh Truck. A truck. Yeah. I think the word's truck. <laughs> no, no. It's like... <laughs> Looking for truck. No, it's a fucking tow truck. Jesus Christ. There it is. Sure. It's a kind of truck. Well, I, all right. Well, I don't know. It's like it's so it drove, it was... Are you enhancing the story, Russ? <laughs> well, no, because you can't say like a truck. Everyone's like, well, what kind of truck? Is it like a pickup truck? Is it like a fucking F-150? Is it like a... All, all the listeners are thinking exactly that. <laughs> like, oh, what kind of truck? You're, you're the, the moment. On their fucking edge of their seats with bated breath right now, just wondering what the fuck's going on. And I'm like, a truck. And they're like, what kind of truck? What the fuck is it? <laughs> is it a truck that converts into a car? What is it? Is it like a new Tesla truck? What is it? Yep. He gets inside of Optimus Prime. And just drives into one of the SUVs. Let's be, you know, accurate with our car calling out here. Sure. And that's it. Right. And it doesn't accomplish anything. <laughs> like there's so many, there's so many other bad guys that are chasing them. It's like, dude, you couldn't have hit the first car, like the lead car, and caused problems for all of them? No, you had to the last one? Yeah. Like, it makes no difference at all. And I was super invested in this guy. Yeah, you're a gas jockey. You just lost all this credit because you spent so much time warming up and spitting your shit. You just drive into the first car. Press and power gas jockey. <sighs> Whatever. Anyways. Well, that's the end of part one of the Humanity Bureau. Part two will be out on Thursday, wherever you get your podcast, so tune in. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at... It's this meets that, or on Twitter at ITMTPod. As always, you can find all our episodes at it's this meets that.com. Thanks for listening.